Juhu. Till hur. Big summer blowout. <laughs> How festive. <laughs> so again, just to see. Juhu. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. Greetings and salutations. Salutations. So much better. Turns out I was just far away. Not that I will, you know, cut this out at all. So the beginning will just be, you know. She's arrived. Hi, baby. Right when we start recording. It's like, she knows. You're so good. She knows. She's like, snacks will be coming in T minus one hour. I need to be present. I have to be. To win. (laughs) Must be present for for snacks. (laughs) Oh, I love you so much. Hi, Penny. Okay, welcome to Conversations in Comfy Plans. Plans. I'm Clara. And I'm Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Clara. How are you? Um, I'm feisty. <laughs> I'm just, I'm... You I'm, were immediately annoyed with me when I was wearing pajamas and you weren't. <laughs> yeah. When you got Does anyone house. blame me? No, I don't. No, but I also, would have been frustrated as well. You are at your house and you have a... Just an adorable Isn't little jammy set. I know. I'm a big fan of like pajama sets. It's the most, it's somehow more comfortable. Yeah. I don't know why. It's like it's the, the long sleeve and the long mm-hmm. pants the set up. with the buttons. I have a pocket in case I need to write something down. Snacks. Snacks. <laughs> a couple of Cheetos in there. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not leaving, by the way. I just forgot to... <sighs> I'm having flashbacks. I'm sorry. I'm not we're going to have to go to therapy for this again. Another session. You know, I'm surprised we're not in couples therapy. We probably already. should be. <laughs> we will be. Give us enough time. Yeah, give us another year. <laughs> I don't know why I always insist of us drinking out of mugs. Normally, I don't drink out of mugs, except for when we're recording. I just think it's more fun. I mean, it is nice. Like, is it coffee? Or yeah, nobody knows. Is it wine? Except for the only people in the room. Exactly. We know. Uh, well, tell me why you're feisty. What's going on? I don't know. It's, you went candling today. How can you be feisty? I went candling last night. Last night. You last night. Tell me about your candling. So today, which is Friday the... Nobody knows. Second. Second. Yes, happy birthday second. yesterday to Emily. Happy birthday yesterday, Emily. Um, 40th, the big one. And by the way... Five-year anniversary of Brian and I being engaged. Oh, yeah, I saw that today. on the internet today. And we just had our our 10-year friend anniversary. We did just have our 10-year friend anniversary On the internet. On we the were internet. friends before that. We were, yeah. Yeah. Months before. <laughs> Eons. <laughs> Eons ago. <laughs> four um, scores before. <laughs> four scores. <laughs> seven years ago. Uh, no, so I went candling last night because today is Candle Day. Candle Day. Also known as the best day Ever. What it is. If you don't, big, if you don't know like, what candle Like she day said, is. she got engaged five years ago. Yeah, I got engaged five no, years ago today. today. Is the best day. Candle day being today. Does it trumpet? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so if you don't know what candle day is, first of all, why are you even listening? Go back go, and listen to whatever episode that was. I don't think I've ever talked about candle day. You, that's how we came up with candling. You went candling. I went candling. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we certainly done. Okay. We talked about it on my birthday week when you gave me the candle. Yes. Talked we talked about, can- about Oh, yes, my whole. And how I never burn candles. We yep. went in yep. depth about candles. And my day. love of candles and how um, much I spend on candles. Yep. Anyway, today's candle day. Huzzah. What they did is if you were like a Bath and Body Works like member, which basically just means <laughs> you've signed up for free and... 
it's you really get nothing a else. lot of junk emails <laughs> yeah i just well i got them anyway without being a member because bath and body works sends the most emails do they oh all the time so anyway i got early access yes girl to candle yes you did so i went candling last night and they had me <laughs> oh, in I a know. queue it was a la Ticketmaster. but you can't smell the candle no, I know what the candles smell you like. Know, you've been. Because, yeah, because I... I you go have, ahead of time. I smell them in stores. <laughs> and occasionally what I'll do is I will buy, like... I buy the standards, which are my favorites. Sure. What's that? Like vanilla? Uh, sweater Weather, which is like a juniper, oh, like... Okay. It's my favorite candle. And then that I That would also be hard got, to buy without smelling first. It could be like mothballs yes but i smelled <laughs> it and it is yeah good. it's great okay and then one called winter which is also kind of spicy and yeah lovely and then i bought i usually buy two that are rogue <gasps> just by reading sure the description the description but the good thing with bath body works if i burn them and i hate them i can take them back to the store exchange it for another candle after you burn it after you burn it you can't just put your nose in there pre-burn hmm to see if it smells good. It's a different smell when you candles have a different smell when you burn them well, compared burn to when them, you're so. like straight on sniff sniffing. Except for my Trader Joe's ones, I do burn these ones. They're great. I love the vanilla, vanilla pumpkin. It's one of the fairs. I have to lock it up and save it for next fall, though. We're into winter. It's snowed. We're in. Yes. Okay, go on about candling. Um. So yes, I bought bought my candles last night. Very excited. Great. So you got four. I got six. You got six. How many wicks? Total. Three wicks. Three wicks times Three wicks six. Piece. is a bunch. So many wicks. I'm so <laughs> excited. They are my favorite. They're just so nice. And I know they're probably like really bad and toxic and whatever, but they smell so good and they last for so long. You get and to have one toxic thing. I have multiple, but... <laughs> I was um, trying to give you a break. Thank you for... <laughs> no, it's like if I have one thing that... I have only a few things that I'm like, I will spend money on. Candles yeah. and coffee. Yeah. And most, yeah, mostly those two. Candles mm-hmm. and coffee. I'd agree with that. Everything else, I'll do on the cheap. But candles, coffee, that's important to me. You get to have your things. I have my things. But yeah, so I went candling. It was great. It was great. They're so cozy. Ooh, there's nothing better than just lighting a candle on the middle of our coffee table. Mm. And just having that be the only light in the house. Okay. It's just so relaxing. Uh-huh. Or taking a bubble bath yeah. with a candle. Mm-hmm. Is three wicks too big to fit in your bath, Ridge? Yes, that's why I have single wicks for the... Oh, I have different candles. She's thought it through. I have, She's I am a, thought it through. I am a professional. <laughs> professional candler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and you're wearing your Grinch shirt today. I'm Especially wearing Christmas. my... Have you decorated your house? Parsh, no. Parsh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Parsh, no. Parsh, no. Also, no. Um, partially, Parsh, no. Parsh, no. Um, no. Okay, great. You're decorated. I am. I have you are festive. Do you like my gnomes? Look how cute my I little gnomes are. love your There's gnomes. one back I there, too. Did. <gasps> that one. Oh, I like him. Isn't it cute? It lights up, but oh, it's not turned fancy. on. He's really cute. I, I did nuts. decorate my cubicle today. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the extent of my that was cute. decoration so far. I, have, I, also have a, I also have a stocking hung outside my oh cubicle my wall. God, that's so cute. And so somehow... I want to do that. We all got these, like, red stockings on our desk. We, we have 
they came from like a supply closet (laughs) and we've all started like hanging them up outside of our cubes so when you walk around you just see all these like stockings hung outside of the cubes i want to bring one of mine i have two and there's only one of me which is really embarrassing and sad that i have penny yeah that's true yeah one is for penny and also if there was only one it would look weird it would be sad and depressing. Yeah. Which it okay. turns out it might be anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it's for Penny. Bagheera sure. has a stocking. Okay. He's Is kinda... it a full-size stocking? Sure. That can, means it's it not. It can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I'll just get a sock. I'll wash it with some red stuff. A white sock. And then hang it. <laughs> push pin it just to my cube. <laughs> I don't even have a cube, though. I'll figure something out. You'll figure it out. Yeah, I've got so I've got my stocking hung. I've got my snowflake lights. I have a little Christmas tree. Oh, those were lights. Yeah, those were lights. Yeah, yeah they're little like they're so they're wooden um, oh, snowflakes, and then yeah. there's little like fairy lights. Cute. So I didn't see the lights. It's very cute. Very cute. My desk isn't decorated. I don't have anything personal on my desk. I figure I have too much personal on my desk. No, like I don't my think desk so. I is think full is of good. personality. Because I feel if I'm going to be there yeah. for eight to ten hours a day, mm-hmm. I want to be comfortable. I want yeah. to feel like I'm at home. I want to have like I don't want any reminders there's an outside world because I'll get sad <laughs> that I could be doing other things. But you have a window. <laughs> I do have a window now. I, I yeah, don't I have a window. Yeah. Well, so I do have a tiny, uh, a tiny um, cornhole (laughs) set on my desk. It's very cute. Oh, that sounds adorable. Yeah. Mini cornhole. It's very difficult, actually, because you have to like put it on this plastic thing and bend it down and it like shoots it. It's really hard. Ooh, that sounds hard. It's not just like throwing. I mean, you could in a pinch, but. If you needed to. But it's more of a challenge if you. Bink. Bink. (laughs) Bink it. Uh, oh no 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 i went too far i went too far uh, of course you did i always do um so two things mm-hmm. first of all there is a woman in florida there's many there's a lot but this woman specifically is suing craft <laughs> for the five mac- million dollars the, the mac and cheese the company? mac and cheese company oh i'd love to guess why um I don't know if you'll get it. I'm sure I won't. I don't even have any ideas. <laughs> so um, she's suing Kraft. She didn't get diabetes fast enough <laughs> from eating all that mac and cheese. No. Okay, great. What is it? Uh, she's saying that the Velveeta microwave mac and oh, cheese. I did see this. I didn't realize Velveeta takes was a longer product than to make than advertised. <laughs> Uh I have never encountered that problem. Well, here's what I heard, is that the microwave time is accurate, but you then have to let it sit and thicken up. That's what she's mad about. Uh, Because it doesn't... Oh, you can't eat it... Why would you eat it directly out of the microwave? It is boiling lava hot. Well, you have to wait for it to thicken. That's why she's mad. She's like, it doesn't take three minutes. It takes three minutes in the microwave, and then sitting time... She's mad about the sitting time. What is she going to do? The, it's going to end and then pull it immediately out of the microwave and then down it? She wants it to take two minutes in the microwave and then sit for a minute. I don't like that Or just say that it takes four minutes. I don't know. She's I, insane. She's obviously crazy. But I'm not saying I agree with her. I'm it's just, Florida. This is what I heard. Okay. And then also, um, we're moving on. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so a baguette 
Okay. The baguette. Oh, I'm interested. The baguette. I know about baguettes. Has been awarded special (laughs) protection status. In France. In France. It's been given... um, It has been listed on the... On UNESCO's list of <laughs> intangible cultural heritage. Intangible? Because <coughs> the baguette is an integral part of human culture. I agree with that. I'm all for it. I think UNESCO needs to stick to sites, yes. <laughs> personally. And it says... Um, but I'm fine with this. So it's the UN... Um, it's the cultural yeah. side of the UN. Um, defines intangible cultural heritage as traditions or living expressions inherited from our ancestors and passed on to our descendants. So, the baguette. The baguette. Joins other foods. Do you have a list? I sure do. Oh, yes. I got a teeny tiny list. <laughs> um, what a teeny tiny list. Neapolitan pizza. Which I've never heard of. It's the birthplace of... Of pizza. So pizza essentially is on the list. What's Neapolitan pizza? It's a, it's when they make it in the wood fire. Just any wood fire pizza? Any wood fire pizza. Huh. Because mm-hmm. they invented it in mm-hmm. Neapolitan. Mm-hmm. What about the ice cream? Well, that too. Same place? Maybe. Okay. TBD. Um, <laughs> kimchi, which sure. I've never had. Is that the like frozen... It's like fermented oh, cabbage. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like it's similar to sauerkraut, but I don't have facts to back I, that I think up. it's a spicy kraut. I think it's, yeah, it's definitely fermented cabbage. I've I have also, seen it before. I've never I tasted it. I've also never had sauerkraut. Oh, I love sauerkraut. I, yeah, I never. I love it. Never had it. Put it on a um, Seattle dog or a street dog. Mm. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, Belgian beer culture. Just the culture Just as a the whole. culture of the beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, the Mediterranean diet, which is like you mm, eat. My fave. Your fave foods. And coffee. Coffee. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well done, baguette. Well done, baguette. You did it. You did it, you baguette. Did it. You're uh, culturally protected. <laughs> I guess I never really thought of those things as being ancient, necessarily. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've, I've watched. I've had pizza since day one. I've watched a documentary on pizza. Have you? Yeah. (laughs) Are you surprised? Go on. And it goes through like the history of pizza and how it was started in Italy in Naples. You just lied to me. Neapolitan is from Naples. It's not from a place called Neapolitan. That's what you said. No, I didn't. I said Neapolitan. Which is from Naples. Now I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I mean, oh. that makes sense. Let's I I was led to believe that it was from a place called Neapolitan. So Neapolitan pizza, also known as Naples style pizza, mm. is the style of pizza made with tomatoes and mozzarella cheese. So. Pizza. Just one ingredient away from the other one. <laughs> The one named after the princess. What's another kind of pizza with tomatoes? Margarita? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because it doesn't have the red sauce. 
So it's it basically from what I'm reading, and Wikipedia would never lie to me. Margarita, I'm pretty sure, has the well, green leaf. It's called basil. Basil. Um, is it? No, a margarita pizza is a Neapolitan <sighs> pizza. One and the same. Yeah, basically, it's anything that that makes sense because I learned that fact in Italy that it was named after the Queen Margarita. The original one is the pizza margarita. So I guess we're agreeing. Yeah. So anything that is pizza <laughs> is protected. So what I'm saying is Fantastic. pizza is protected. So that was your documentary. Well, my da- what else? It did was it about say? the history of pizza. Like, where did it come from? Who? I watched it a long time ago. Oh darn! But I used to watch a lot of the Food Network. Mm, like okay. lots of Food Network, yeah. and there was always like shows Stuff about like, like that. how things came from and how things came from. That's not worth. <laughs> I was really hoping we were just from. <laughs> right over it, but nope, she's right there. She's I, not letting it go. Got me, actually. I had to say it out loud to make sure it didn't make sense. Speaking of documentaries, mm-hmm. do you want to talk mm-hmm. about the worst one? Did you did you finish it? No. Did you stop it like twenty minutes into the second episode? I stopped paying attention because I was watching it while I was working, and I was like, uh, I kind of like during the second episode. Well, tell the people what we're talking about. So. <laughs> So we're talking about the Casey Anthony documentary on Peacock. Yeah. Docu-series. There's three episodes. I only oh, made it three. halfway through the second one before I had to turn it off because I was, number one, bored. Number two, didn't care. And number three, just... To, she's a freaking liar. liar. And she admits to being a liar. That was the most interesting part of the whole I'm thing. I'm a huge fat liar, except for right now. Yeah, I'm not I, lying I, right now. I doubt that. So... It's don't watch it. Don't waste your time. No, she's the worst. Yeah, it's a, it's a waste of time. I get such and the bad crying, vibes. There was so much yeah. crying. I'm like, what? Such bad vibes. Yeah, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't. I, yeah, it was not good. Do not recommend. I like to think after years and years of being around people who just lie for a living, <laughs> <laughs> I can spot them out pretty quick, and you can tell she's a psychopath. Oh, yeah. There's something. Something's not. Something's not. not right. But I did follow it up with a good documentary. Ooh, what is it? Um, so it's on HBO Max. It's, um, it's a docuseries, which started yesterday. Oh. And it's about Richard Branson. Interesting. It's very interesting. Like, his history and, like, what he's done. Does he seem like an okay guy? He seems like the most normal billionaire really? I could ever, like, imagine. Hmm. You know, billionaires are all kind of like weird. Yeah, like they're just weird. Like Has Elon been, Musk. Oh, weird. Super weird. Has he been Bill Gates, to weird? Steve Jobs. Jeffrey Epstein's weird. island. Yes or no? I feel like he no. Would. He has his own island. Thank you very much. <laughs> he has his own sex trade. <laughs> he, he no. He lives on his own. He owns an island in the British he has Virgin Islands. Everything. Of course he does. And he lives and owns his own island. He has his own cruise line, which our friend Ben, the chef, works ben, on. Yes, he does. Not our actual friend Ben. <laughs> yeah. Other actual friend Ben. Be better. <laughs> it's for real. Uh, he has an airline. He's got two. He used to have three. <laughs> he, he, then another airline bought it. <laughs> right, on, right out from under him for a billion dollars. He has an 
a mobile. He's got a mobile. He had record stores. Record which stores? Which is how he started was the really? record stores. Yeah. He had a record. He has a record label. Hmm. Who's on it? He, I don't know. Where's Culture he from? Club was on it. He's from England. England. Right. But it was really interesting to like watch because he. Did he start oh, out normal? Yeah. Like a poor person? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's from the English countryside. He's very, Cute. like, normal. Um, but he, like, in, like, his later things, he wasn't the things? the Life. mind behind it. <laughs> it was, like, other people were, like, hey, I want to do this thing. Oh, and so he, he's a shark tank. And he's, like, great, person. let's do it. And he would kind of be, I'll like, fund you. be, like, the face and put it under the virgin mm. name. And, like, or he would get these ideas, like, I want to go to space. And then he'd find, like, the best person in it and be, like, you're going to run it. And I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do. And I'm going to take all the credit also. Basically. <laughs> but he seems really... I don't know. I'm afraid to like him. He seems really normal as far as billionaires go. We'll see. Do we want to talk about Elon Musk and what he's doing to Twitter? Yeah. I don't really know. So he bought Twitter. We yeah, I did. I knew this. that. And he Fired a bunch of people. Fired a whole bunch of people. A whole bunch of people left. So Twitter's basically operating with like 50 people. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't crashed yet. Everyone was waiting for the fall of Twitter. Um, but he's gave certain people their Twitter accounts back that were yeah. suspended. Including Donald Trump, who's like, Donald not Trump. fam. I'm he's like, no, nah, I got my own social media. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't need yours. Um, and then he's been very open about like, how he's running Twitter and like Poorly. things. Yeah, all this whatever. But yesterday okay. he suspended an account. Well, he didn't. Twitter did. I read that. It was like some anti-Semite person. Mm-hmm. Do you know who the anti-Semite person no. was? Kanye West. Oh, that's <laughs> Also, I read that he, Kanye West, ye. Is it ye or yay? Ye. Like ye, z. Ye, ye. <laughs> Ye, like his shoes are Yeezy's. Or, but he's but he's Kanye. Kanye. <laughs> is it Kanye? I don't know idea. I assumed it was Ye. Kim like Kardashian, Yeezy's. please call us to Kim reach out. Kim reach out we to, to confirm. Settle for the one guy that dates everybody. We just need to know how to pronounce Kanye's name. Kanye, Kanye, Kanye's name. <laughs> Anyways, he had dinner with Donald Trump. Yeah, he's like Marlo, Marlo, Marlo. Mar, Mar, yeah, you're right. Mar-a-Lago. Uh-huh, home. you got it. And he, like, brought his, aunt, like, completely anti-Semite friend. Yeah. And, like, he said that Donald, like, loved him. Mm-hmm. And Donald was like, no, he <laughs> didn't. Well, then I heard, like, Kanye was telling Donald Trump, don't run in 2024. Be my vice but president. be my vice president. Yeah. <laughs> and Trump's like, like. No. It's like, <laughs> probably not. Probably not Thanks a good idea. Though. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? I mean, uh, I don't know if I'd want someone in power who has said there were good things about Hitler. I absolutely don't want someone in power that said that. Also, he's, like, uh, diagnosed as mentally ill. Oh, yeah. He's bipolar. That's not... Let's not give the codes no. to no. that guy. I mean, one manic episode and... Game over. There goes Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I had a really scary dream last night. About Japan? was in. 
just got really scared. <laughs> oh, I didn't like that. Oh, no. Change or the subject. No, it's not. Weird. Well, it is. Well, kind of. <laughs> it's, it's ending every day. <laughs> a little more every day. A little day. more every day. It's chipping, it's chip, chip, chipping away. <laughs> chipping away. But, I mean, you still have Twitter. I still have Twitter. I'm still on Twitter. We still have Twitter. We still have. I've never been <laughs> logged into it. I logged into it. McKenna's supposed to do that. Yeah, that's McKenna's job. McKenna! Should we, by the way, what? speaking of McKenna's text that she sent us, should we look at the bingo and oh, see if we got any more? I think we As should. the year is ending. Because we have not been talking about that since <laughs> Well, like, we got a March. bingo and then... We did get a bingo and then we were like, okay, that's So hooray. her text was to remind us uh, that there wasn't any cult. <laughs> so that means the Jared Leto cult Not a counts. cult. Not oh, a cult. that means it counts. If there's no other ones, yeah. I say it counts. That's a, it counts. Which gives us another bingo, 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 bingo. Why is this not writing? Mm-hmm. Oh, is your oh, pen wow. not charged? Oh yeah, I'll use my finger. Um, a serial killer gets caught for sure. The one in Compton. Yeah, remember that. Alex issues a public apology. She refuses to do it. Nope, not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> the chairpurse is spotted in the wild. Didn't see the chairpurse. Didn't see the chairpurse. If anyone saw the chairpurse, yeah, please let us know. On I did not see it. it. Can't, TV counts. TV counts, but it has to be from this year because yeah. we know it was in the wild we, last year. We, we yeah we saw it on Selling Sunset last year. Yeah. Claire forgets on this day. <laughs> I didn't forget on this day. I did the wrong on this day. That or the wrong day. Was, that was there was one though. <laughs> We do the wrong day for on this day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the mic malfunctions. We've had no malfunctioning we mics. talk about that for a second? Sure. We, it was almost every <laughs> other episode our first year. Oh, yeah. The mic would... my. It was always my mic that would trash. malfunction. Something was trash. Something was it wrong. It turns out it was the cords because Alex brilliantly... She well, went on Reddit. She went to the dark web. Of I sure did. <laughs> I don't I understand like, Reddit. I, I was like, help. Yeah. And she got new cords and they've been fantastic. They're great. I think the other cords were just too loose. So mine kept Maybe. coming out. They're the ones that came with it, though, I which know. is so stupid. But it, no, no malfunctions. Yeah, not so far. Uh, this one, we had plans. They fell through to go on a company trip. We did have plans. They did fall through. <laughs> and I think they fell through because both of us were like, forgot about it yeah it was like yeah we're gonna plan something and then it's like no we didn't yeah and we're like so are we gonna do something this weekend the weekend we put aside for it and we're like no <laughs> we can do something next year yeah we will we'll do a every other year company trip that's fine with brian plus brian plus brian mm-hmm. an old-timey case gets solved i feel like a lot of old-timey cases have been solved but I have in parentheses like Zodiac or DB Coops. I think we wanted a. Oh, do you know what? Hmm? The Summerton man. Yeah. And the Lady of the Dunes got solved. Yes. Yeah, that counts. That counts. That counts. And. Yeah. Brittany Drexel. That's not old timey. That's fine though. It's but a big one. It's, it got solved. It's a big one. Okay, and then Locusts. Didn't see any. Didn't see a single Didn't see a loci. single loci. Okay, so we didn't black out, but we do have one, two, three, 
four bingos. Woo woo! Look at us. Look at us. Four bingos. Four. And it's still not even the end of the year, so Loki, Loki could show up at Stand any. Stand by. Yeah. Well, if you're gonna come, Locust, bring the Mothman because that'll give us another bingo. Yeah. If we get both of there those. were no Mothman <laughs> sightings this year. I'm surprised. At one point, and I think I mentioned this, I looked to see if there were any in Ukraine. Oh, because it's always during ba- bad vibes. Yeah, there's got to be. I haven't. Has the Mothman been hanging out with Kanye West? <laughs> Kanye West is Kanye West is the Mothman. <laughs> but the Mothman is trying to protect you. Kanye West is not. That's true. And if you would apologize, freaking apologize. What am I apologizing for? <laughs> so many things. What? <laughs> and then we can go into. Do you want me to publicly tomorrow. apologize for leaving the room that last week? <laughs> if, yeah, I would cross that off for that. I publicly apologize <laughs> for getting up in the middle of Clara's story to throw away my coffee cup. But not leaving the general okay, vicinity that doesn't of count. the room. That doesn't count. I'm sorry you feel that way. That's what that was. I'm sorry you feel hurt. Is this podcast going to last? I don't think so. Okay. Did you see my... Is uh, our friendship going to last? No. Oh. Did, did you read my... very quickly. Yeah. Did you read my caption Man, for last week's like me. episode? A yes. <laughs> Find out if our friendship's going to last in our invisible book we publish. <laughs> Invisible ink is real. It is real. It is a thing. Nobody told me. Nobody reached out to me. I looked it up. I found some on Amazon. It's it's a thing. Even your sister you know said it was a thing. She said it was lime juice, which is not it's an not- invention. <laughs> I'm not going down this road. I will die on this hill, but I'm not going down this road with you. <laughs> Fine. I'll go down my invisible road by myself. Yeah, I bet you will. I'll you never can't see even you see me. <laughs> You actually said our friendship is over way too quickly for comfort. (laughs) I don't. I am not letting that go, by the way. I don't even remember. You said it way too quickly. I was just kidding. We just had our 10-year anniversary. After seven years, you're friends for life. That's the statistics. That is. And that is actually pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. Friends that I've had for over seven years, I'm still friends with. Friends that I've had for less than seven years, I'm not. (laughs) No, I have some less than seven. Well... Not very many. <laughs> well, I have. Like, I'm thinking. I'm th- not thinking like currently. Like they're less than seven years. But, oh, like oh, oh, oh. previous friends. Yeah. I was friends with for maybe like five, four years or something. Yeah. Like college, friends, friends high through high school, then friends through college, then the real ones, or after. Well, the real ones stick. I don't have any friends from high school. <laughs> Let's be honest. I have one, two. One, maybe two. That you still talk to? Yeah. Every once in a while. <clears throat> Count it. Yeah. I mean, we... One of them, at least, I just saw her when she was in town two weeks ago. Oh. Most of my friends are from college. Yeah, same. And after. And work. And work. Yeah. Which is life. Which is after college. Sure is. Do you want to talk about that one barista <gasps> <laughs> that you're mad at? <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> I just don't. Un- this you're just getting. You know I'm in a feisty mood, and you're like poking the bear a little bit. Do you want to talk about everything that annoys I'm you? I'm kind of just like chit chatting, and I know I know your points right now to poke. 
<laughs> so, this barista at Starbucks is... Not that we know. Not that we know. It we was don't, on TikTok. We don't know them. Um, they are a college student and a barista. So, they work 25 hours a week and they go to school. Which is tough. It's tough. It's a lot. It's a lot. I will openly admit that. However... <laughs> They got on their phone and recorded a video and posted it to TikTok. And they were like, I'm about to quit because I have to work eight hours. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I know how college works. Mm -hmm. You don't do eight hours of class. No. (laughs) I've been through college. You sometimes have like two days off during the week. Most of the times you can finagle. A Monday or a Friday off. Yeah, certainly. So, I'm, I I don't have a lot of sympathy. Or a Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, Tuesday, or Thursday. Or Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. Or Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Ooh, if you really want to be, be crazy. Um, but yeah, I just, it got under my skin. Because I'm like, there are so many, <clears throat> this isn't the right sentence, there are better ways for them to handle it. My thing is... Personally. Anyone who ever is crying grabs their phone and starts recording themselves. That's the first problem. Crying is a time for you to reflect. It is a it is a private moment it's when a I cry. Private moment. I don't want anybody to see me crying. It's a time where I'm thinking, I'm not gonna get on my phone and be like, feel sorry for me. Yeah, I no. I go to the bathroom at work and cry like a normal person, like an adult, <laughs> like an adult. <laughs> I just find the closest stairwell and I go into yep, the stairwell. There. <laughs> Sometimes I can't make it and I have to cry in front of my boss. <laughs> I've done that too. Same. It's a hard world out there it's is what I'm really saying. It's really hard. And it, you know what? <laughs> to the to that barista, it's not going to get any better. No, like speed. Once you're out of college and not a barista anymore, hopefully it doesn't get better. Like Professionally. Oh, I think we missed the bucket on being... The bucket? The <laughs> bucket. Does your bucket have wheels and a driver? <laughs> the wheels on the bucket go round. <laughs> it's round. Maybe maybe I just have the bucket on its side and I'm just, You're just rolling. rolling down the hill. <laughs> That's what I mean by on the bucket. <laughs> I did watch a show. This is embarrassing. Would you tell? It's called something about the D'Amelios and it's this like oh yeah 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 yeah. i've heard of her okay great there's two of them they're sisters charlie and dixie yeah oh i'm not as embarrassed anymore anyways they have a show on hulu and it's like she's like what 16 the youngest one i think so and she gets famous for dancing on tiktok and Mm -hmm. it like follows her life and she's like actually really busy and um people on the internet are super mean People, people are terrible. People are so mean to these like on the so internet, cute off the internet that are just like being silly. They're like, oh, she doesn't have any talent. It's like, well, then don't watch her video. That's what bugs me. Is like if something bothers you and yeah. you don't like it, yeah, turn it off or scroll on by. Yeah, you don't have to make a comment. Make them feel like idiots. Unless they deserve to be made feel like idiots. Like the prison we're making fun of. <laughs> yes. 
We've come. We're full not circle. saying it to him. He's never no. going to hear this. And we're not. We're not saying he was an idiot. We're just saying think before you pick up your phone and record. Like um, cry and don't a- be a baby about having to work eight hours. <laughs> but the one Tamilio did just win Dancing with the Stars. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. The younger one, not Dixie. Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. I like that name. Charlie. I like both those names so much. Charlie That's and cute. Dixie, and their That's parents cute. seem cool too. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm talking about TikTokers that have a TV show, and it's good you don't out. even have TikTok. <clears throat> I know. I had. No I idea. am your gateway. I know. I had no idea who they were, but you know, it was a reality show. I was got, like, got to. I'm. I'm an anthropologist. Is what I told my friend. <laughs> I'm doing this for research I'm <laughs> on so- the youths. I'm a sociologist. I'm studying, <laughs> studying groups of the youths. Yeah. But I will say, okay, I will say one thing. Okay. I talk crap about Gen Z. Mm-hmm. They bug the ever-living crap out of mm-hmm. me. However, mm-hmm. what they have done to company social media accounts. <laughs> like what? Any of the Washington State Department of Oh, you think those are Gen Z? I think those Uh, are Gen Z. They must be. I think they are like very funny younger millennials, like in their late early twenties. You know, like geriatric millennials, but for Gen Z. Yeah, geriatric. Geriatric Z. I don't think you can call someone in your early twenties geriatric. (laughs) Um, I will take it for being thirty, though. Like, yeah, give me those ARP discounts. Give me the early bird special. I'm here at 3.30 for dinner. I'm hungry <laughs> that I have to be home for my programs. <laughs> I have to be home for my shows. <laughs> I gotta be home for my programs. Lester cannot wait. Lester won't wait. He won't wait. He never does. But I love Lester. God bless. <laughs> I'm an old woman. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. But anyway, if, if you have not looked at any of, like, the Washington State, State Department specifically. of Washington State Department, Department of Natural Resources. There's a bunch. It all seems like all the Washington. Just, and then they'll comment off each other it's sometimes. It's just great. It's yeah. just we'll a have thing to of post beauty. one or something because like, it's so funny. It's you sent just, me one today. I don't I remember did. what it is. Uh, like, the real, oh, yeah. the real the, house the, the, trees of... <laughs> Was that on text? Yeah, I'm it was text. Uh, oh, and <laughs> I just bombard you with things. No, you, I love it. Nine times out of ten, you don't respond. And so I'm like, oh, no, I I'm don't bombarding her with things. The and real she's house like, furs of Washington. <laughs> okay, like, so this is this is um, someone texting their boss. Mm-hmm. Do you want to read back and forth? Oh, I don't have it up. Oh, I'll just read both. Okay. okay. Uh, so I'll just say me. <laughs> me. I have a plan for those seedlings the nursery gave us, boss. The ones you're using to teach people about forestry. Me. Hear me out. Reality stars. <laughs> Stop. They're strong. They're beautiful. They throw shade. <laughs> they wear luxurious fur FIR coats. <laughs> And then the boss says, I really can't stop. I really can't keep defending you. (laughs) And then it's the real house furs of Washington. (laughs) We have Pinelope Cruz. We have Sprucey Lawless. Lucy Lawless. It's after Lucy Lawless. Who is uh, Xena Warrior Princess. Oh. 
And then we have Chris Hemslock. And we have Pharrell, Pharrell Williams. <laughs> and Large Duke Ferdinand. That's my favorite. <laughs> Don't hate me because I'm royalty. Hate me because I'm beautiful. I love I love it. I love it. I just it's very funny. It makes me laugh they are very every, funny every single time. time mm-hmm. Consistently. I agree with that. So, anyway. I did get a compliment. Oh. For both of us. Oh. Wait, I know. Yeah, that might be a little more than just saying I got compliments. It's like, oh, good. <laughs> no. Uh, a friend of mine said that they like the longer podcasts. Everybody does. Yeah. I have not heard one complaint about us being, about it going through. No, that's why I kept poking your bears. <laughs> poking your bear. Uh, In my bucket. <laughs> Your bucket on the way to work. My bucket on the way to Rolling down in a Home Depot bucket. <laughs> the orange one. Yeah. You won't get hit. The best bucket. The best bucket. It's the best bucket. I believe the only bucket I have. It's the best $5 bucket you can get. Do you get. know what you can't get enough of? Buckets. You can. But five-gallon buckets, you always need one. You always need a five-gallon bucket. You always need a five-gallon bucket. And if bucket. you have a five-gallon bucket, you you're two. using it for something. <laughs> yes. You need another bucket. Exactly. <laughs> You're always buckets are underrated. God love a Can bucket. Can we talk about buckets? <laughs> I mean, it is potpourri December. We can talk about whatever <laughs> we want. Bucket episode, everybody! It's also with the baguette, with the episode of things that start with B. Baguettes and buckets. Bag- Ooh, baguettes in buckets. That's a <gasps> lot of baguettes that can fit in a bucket. Yeah, a good amount. At least a solid amount. But what do you think? We should test this. Ooh, I think we should. Ooh, I bet. Like, I'm gonna say at ten. I'm gonna say ten. Oh no, I'm gonna say more. I'm gonna say like twenty. I think more. I think more. How girthy I mean, is the bag? I mean, it's a standard. <laughs> yeah, we both have the same size. No, mine's smaller. My hands are bigger. It's like on the big. outside. If you look in the inside, no, mine is bigger. Yeah, you're so It's like that big. Okay, great. It's like the standard size of a baguette. <laughs> and sometimes it's like not fully round. It's like oblong. Yeah. Fifteen. I'm still saying twenty. Twenty. Okay. I'm still saying twenty. You know. We gotta test this. <laughs> we do. Speaking of testing things, <laughs> you know what I have not found? What? Seltzer oh. party packs. Of like I random was flavors. Thinking about that the other day because we're gonna I, have some December guests for Potpourri December. I've looked, can't find it. They have oh, like they test. have ones that are like they actually kind of sound good, but mm. I'm like that's not no, what we, we need. need. We need like the peppermint patty to come back and surprise us both. Or the one that tasted like celery, but it was like <laughs> I was chocolate flavor, <laughs> pear or something. I'm yeah. like, no, it's this is straight up celery. <laughs> I know. Um, I've been looking. I've been looking every time I go to the grocery store. Every time I go to Costco. Oh, Costco. I'm even one. I'm even dedicated to find it at Costco. Get I'm, in a Costco bag. I'm going to get it and leave it at your house. I know you are. Because <laughs> I do that every year. <laughs> and then we'll have to uh, trick people into drinking it at the Christmas party. Yeah, that's my favorite <laughs> part is tricking people into drinking it. I mean, like, no, it's, you're going to love it. It's, it's great. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> When, what like, could be bad about peppermint 90%, alcohol? <laughs> 90% of them listen to the show. They know, know what we say. One of them doesn't. That's coming. That's true. <laughs> He's our number one victim. That's true. <laughs> no, actually, neither does Brian. Brian does not. 
No. We've got I, two victims. I don't. No, Brian. He probably never will. That's fine. I can say whatever I want about him. You, you do. I feel I held back. Very much do. He's great. He's fine. Fine. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. He'll do. He Five years of being engaged, everybody. But oh, he loves a bucket. bucket. Yeah, he would. We have a he lot of buckets. He loves the planting situation. He loves a lot of things. Great. He gets very into things <laughs> and needs like everything for it. Yeah. Fishing. He's got everything for fishing. Oh. Playing the guitar. Everything playing the guitar. Does he in fact play the guitar? Nope. <laughs> I didn't think he did. Does nope. he fish? His hands are too small. Too small? He can't fit it around the, head, the neck of the guitar. His hands are too small. Oh, that's embarrassing. I know. He's got really small hands. Oh. Do you guys look like a little baby I hands. mean, not for me. Like, <laughs> like my hands are yeah, you tiny hands a touch um, smaller than his. But you know, his hands are small. He can't. He can't hold the neck there's, of the guitar. There's babies that play guitar, not babies. There's like, what? Well, maybe kids play guitar. Maybe have they you have ever bigger seen, hands than Brian? Have you ever seen? This is my problem. I can't ever. School of Rock. Yeah. Babies are playing guitar in That's that. True. Anyway, he's got everything for a guitar. He's got everything for fishing. He's got everything for any golf. Does he do any of these things? Golf, he does do. He golfs. He has not fished. He in just years. has to use kids' clubs. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little plastic set. <laughs> he can never get it to the green. No, he can't. He can't. Um, yeah, like for car racing, when he used to race his Camaro that he has not had in, like, where, like on the streets of North no. Dakota. <laughs> the track. Oh, okay. He's taking. It was legit. It wasn't like racing no, for pinks. No. <laughs> no. That's why um, he doesn't have his car anymore. Somebody beat That's him. why he doesn't have the Camaro. <laughs> oh, oh boy. God love you, Brian. Well, even though you don't listen to this and don't even care. Uh, this is a true potpourri. This is potpourri. December baby. We don't even know what. Well, we kind of know. We gave each other like one hint of what we're doing. You know more than I know. About yours? About yours. Yeah, I just gave you, well, I gave you a little nugget. You said it's one of my weird It's my weird fascinations. I don't know what it is. I think you do. Because I have told you about it. I'm sure you have. We've had a whole conversation about it before. Oh, (laughs) no. Did I walk away mid-conversation? Like you do? Just kidding. I'll you go didn't first. text <laughs> back, so I mean, I figure that's the same. <laughs> I'm bad at texting back, let's be honest. Uh, I'll go. Okay, then I'll go next. Oh, shoot. Because that's how it should go. <laughs> no, I'll go and then we'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Goodbye! <laughs> okay, <sighs> I'm talking about... Julianne Kopke. Sorry? Julianne Kopke. Kopke. K-O-E-P-C-K-E. Kopke? Kopek? Kopek? Kopke. There's not enough vowels. Julianne. 
who was born in Lima, Peru Ooh. in 1954 to German parents. Her dad was a zoologist and her mom was an ornithologist. Ornithologist? Did yeah. she study Orenthal James Simpson? Yes. <laughs> Exclusively. Exclusively studied O.J. Simpson before he was even alive. <laughs> 54? I feel like he was born probably around then. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Baby O.J. She could have told us a lot. Mm. Not good at her job. Well, Just you'll saying. find out she's probably not gonna. Oh, oh, spoilers. Yeah, well, too. <laughs> okay, so uh, Julianne's parents worked at the Natural History Museum in Lima, which I think is super cool. That's pretty cool. Um, when Julianne was 14, her parents left Lima um, and they moved to Panguana which is a private conservation area and research center in the Amazon rainforest in Peru. Are there penguins? No. <laughs> Do you know about South America at all? Well, if the name's Penguana. Oh, 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 I see it. Peng, P-A-N-G-U-A-N-A. Penguana. Is there pangolins? Yes. Okay. Do love a pangolin. They're very cute. They're endangered. I don't know what that is. I'll show you a pangolin. A penguin? Pangolin. Watch a documentary about pangolins, too. <laughs> You're out of control. I'm, I'm not That's how you know how bad that documentary is because you didn't finish it. I did you not. watch a documentary <sighs> about pizza. I watch a <laughs> lot of documentaries that probably and people And you always like, finish them. I always finish them. Every single one. Okay. Um, so they lived in Penguana and... That's a pangolin. That looks like an armadillo. Yeah. It's a pangolin. Is that t- an armadillo? T- no, it's a pangolin. What's an armadillo? An American pangolin? <laughs> <laughs> looks the same, right? You're not going to disagree with that. I'm not. No, or am I, I thinking I, of it wrong? Yet? I do not disagree. It does okay. look like an armadillo. Okay, great. Can I? You can continue. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you knew what a pangolin was. I, I did it. <laughs> okay, they moved to the Amazon rainforest in Peru. With the pangolins. Um, and so they lived in Penguana. Mm-hmm. Um, full-time with a German shepherd named Lobo no. and a parakeet named Florian in a wooded hut propped on stilts with a roof of palm thatch. Ooh. So kind of basics. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian was homeschooled for two years, receiving her textbooks and homework by mail until the educational authorities demanded that she return to Lima to finish high school. Hmm. So before that, while she was living there, she, like, became a jungle child, uh, and she learned survival techniques, which I feel like you would literally have to, like, you're living in the middle of the jungle, um, especially if you're in a conservation research area. There's no not learning about the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um but she had been in school before that when they lived in Lima for probably eight years, and so the education system knew about her. So they came to see what was up with her schooling, and they were like, sorry, being a jungle child isn't sufficient. So they make her return to uh, the German International School. Uh, It had two campuses, but she attended the one in Lima. And so she graduates on December 23rd, 1971. Mm -hmm. So she is 17 when she graduates. Um, Her mom came there to congratulate her and be like, you did it. 
congratulations or whatever that is in German. Um, Julian and her mom were meant to fly home a few days before the graduation ceremony, but Julian was like, I kind of want to stay for the actual graduation. So the mom was like, that's fine. We can just like move our flight back a few days. So they scheduled their flight for the day after the graduation, which was Christmas Eve, December 24th, 1971. Um, the only problem was the flight that was like best time frame um, to book was on Lanza Airlines, and mm-hmm. Julian's dad was like nine, nine because he's Just German. German. <laughs> he was like, no, let's avoid that airline because it has a really bad reputation and had recently had two crashes, um, but there was kind of no other option, and so they booked it anyways. So, Julian and her mom board the Lanza Flight 508. I'm naming the airline and the flight number, which is a bad sign. So, Julian finds her seat, 19F, and her mom right next to her. And we've got 90 people boarding the plane along with them. In total, 86 passengers and 6 crew on the Lockheed L-188 Electra Turboprop. Ooh. The airplane had the capacity for 90 passengers, so it was basically very full. Only four empty seats. They were flying from Lima to uh, Pucayapa, a one-hour ten-minute flight up and over the Andes Mountains and back down to the other side. And then the flight would go uh, up north to another stop. Okay. Like a milk run situation. So in Peru, you have Lima, which is on the ocean. And then you have, and then you go east. And it's up and over the Andes Mountains. Oh. And then at the bottom of the Andes Mountains to the east, you have the Amazon jungle, which no brag, I've been there before. Um, Look at you. I know. Go into the So I know Amazon. that because I have ridden a bus over the Andes Mountains and back down into the Amazon. Didn't take this plane because <laughs> I'm alive. Okay. Didn't um, take this plane. <clears throat> so, oh, 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 oh. Um, then, okay, so the plane takes off just around noon on Christmas Eve, and they make it over the Andes in the plane, good weather, things look good, but there's a bad weather front germinating ahead, but the pilot was like, ah, yellow, and just kept going. Yellow? So, the plane starts kind of bumping around, you know, turbulence, and then Jillian says that they flew into a pitch black cloud. Yep. That's never good. And the plane begins dropping. It goes from smooth sailing at 23,000 feet to immediately dropping just under 20,000 feet. Oh, I don't like it when planes do that. So 3,000 feet. Just immediately? You know when they do that, like, and it feels... Landing? No. When you're, like, you're in turbulence and it just goes down. Yeah, It probably goes down, like, 20 feet. Probably. This is 3,000 feet. So scary. Like, in a terrifying amount. I don't like that. And then the plane just starts shaking. And they're obviously in a giant storm cloud. Um, And it's a... (laughs) Cumulative? Cumulonimbus. Cumulonimbus. Thank you. Cumulonimbus type type of cloud. Which has intense electrical activity. I also really like clouds. And Julian remembers just consistent thunder and lightning all around them. Mm -hmm. Clouds are scary. The flight attendant gets on the radio and is like... We got a cloud. Fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> We've got a cloud. We will not be serving drinks on this flight. <laughs> I hate it when they do that. I know. I'm like, no, I just wanted a Thank Coke. 
put on your seatbelts and pray to your God. Um, and so it's shaking even more violently. The luggage, which has has birthday, has Christmas presents. <laughs> Has Christmas presents falling down? Oh, it's Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, <clears throat> um, so that's terrifying. And so the plane then drops down to 13,000 feet, which is so low, especially in the that's Andes Mountains. Really low. Which are much higher than that. But the pilot was trying to get below the clouds to, like, make oh, an emergency landing yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Which, in either the Andes Mountains or the Amazon Rainforest, both have zero emergency landing opportunities. Yeah, like, you're landing you straight in up and down mountain or trees. And water. Like, dense trees. Yeah. The Yeah. Or the Amazon, which, I don't know, there's trees over that, too. Yeah, that's true. I don't think... Well, this is actually kind of a smaller plane. We'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, okay, so then at 12.36 p.m., just at like a half an hour into their flight, a lightning bolt strikes the plane over the right wing mm-hmm. and sets fire to the fuel tank. But that's not a good place for fire. It's a bad place in the air for fire. Um, <clears throat> the airplane begins to disintegrate midair in the plane, and the 92 passengers free fall just under two miles to the earth. I don't like that at all. <sighs> Horrifying. No, thank you. This is the deadliest lightning strike disaster in the history. Of the world? Yeah. Ooh. Of the lightning strikes. <laughs> in the history of lightning. <laughs> and they all died, and that's the end. Oh, well, no. Mazel. just kidding. The next morning, Christmas morning, oh. Julian wakes up deep in the Peruvian rainforest. Uh, she's confused. She's discombobulated. She survived? But then she remembers seeing the lightning strike wing yeah the plane's right wing and she remembers the aircraft nose diving and people just weeping and screaming Mm -hmm. and then she remembers the thundering silence that follows um the aircraft had broken apart separating her from everything else on board quote the next thing i knew i was no longer inside the cabin i was outside in the open air I hadn't left the plane. The plane had left me. Oh, I don't like that statement. She says, I was falling head down with the seatbelt pressing into my stomach so much I couldn't breathe. In that moment, I knew exactly what had happened, but I didn't have time to be scared because I fainted. I mean, those seatbelts are pretty tight. <laughs> I would be... Yeah, yeah, I just... The first 3,000 feet I fell, I would mm-hmm. cinch that bad boy up so yeah. tight. <laughs> so the airplane's configured, um, so it's... What did I say? 90 passengers. Mm-hmm. So pretty small. And it's configured with two seats, like window, two seats, aisle, three seats, window. Okay. So two and three. So two and three. Yeah. Okay. Versus like 737 is three and three. Mm-hmm. Or like where the, some of them are like one and two. <clears throat> or yeah. two and two. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's Got two it. and three. Got it. They don't make these anymore because they all crashed. <laughs> Bad. This one, to be fair, was the pilot's fault for mm. flying into the storm. Yeah. Not the airplane's fault. But they're also not great airplanes. Okay. So, uh, 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 so she's in one of the three seats. Mm-hmm. She's on the side with the three seats. She tightened her seatbelt so she's flying down. <clears throat> and you know, like, one of those things that fall from trees that you can like they're like little helicopters you throw yeah! them up and they spin I love those so that's basically what's happening to her oh no I don't love those anymore <clears throat> she said she was falling and spinning and the giant trees look like heads of broccoli 
And then, like I said, she blacks out. So, um, but she's awake now. She kind of takes in her surroundings and she finds herself alone under these just giant trees Mm -hmm. uh, with a torn dress in the middle of the freaking Amazon jungle. Not a great place to Not a lot of people survive that. No one except for her. There could be pangolins. (laughs) Pangolins will help you. Follow the pangolin. Follow the pangolin. He'll roll the safety in a bucket. (laughs) In a bucket. <laughs> He's always got a rain bucket with him. Always. Uh, the best they can figure she... It's the Home she, Depot bucket. <laughs> it's bright orange. You'll find it. <laughs> the best they can figure is that she was strapped into the row of three, which somehow acted as a very ineffective parachute, kind of. Okay. Like some wind resistance slowing mm-hmm. her down. Also, and I learned this when I went paragliding. No brag. Um, She's just with that, the brags today. I know. <laughs> In New Zealand. <laughs> that when it's windy and you're over peaks of mountains just right, mm-hmm. the wind kind of like whooshes yeah. up the peak. And so when if you're if you have a parachute, you can stay up there for a long like forever, basically, mm-hmm. until the wind stops. But she so it's like an updraft which would have slowed her down, especially mm. if she had the two seats, you know, going at the right angle. Yeah. Kind of like almost wings. Yeah. Um, and then, so that would have slowed her down. And then just hitting the giant foliage just right and the tree branches would have somehow cushioned her, like, fall down. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what they think is how she didn't die. <laughs> uh, she says she has a memoir. I didn't read it. It's called When I Fell from the Sky. But she said that she just laid there almost like an embryo for the rest of the day and the whole night until the next morning. And, I mean, she obviously had a giant concussion, so she's, obviously like, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So she just lays there for a long time. Um, and what do we know about the Amazon rainforest? It rains. It rains there. So now she's, you know, been laying there for a long time. She's completely soaked. She's covered in mud and dirt, and it just rained the entire time. Uh, during that time, she was laying there, though, as she was kind of getting her wits about her she took inventory of her injuries and for falling from the sky two miles Mm -hmm. they were relatively minor she had a broken collarbone a sprained knee a sprained knee is all that's it a sprained knee gashes on her right shoulder and left calf and one eye was swollen shut and her other eye was just like swollen to a little slit Mm -hmm. because all of her capillaries in her eyes had popped because you go from cabin <gasps> pressure to oh, no cabin pressure. Yeah. And then down to pressure again really fast. That, that'll do, yeah. That'll do some damage. Mm-hmm. But also, she was super nearsighted and her glasses were the 91st casualty of that plane crash. <laughs> or the 92nd. I maybe. mean, so she I can see. relate. That's, yeah. that's terrible. I don't think she was blind like you are, but she, she was nearsighted, and you got to see where you're going. Yeah. I mean, I do take the record for the worst eyes of any 20-year-old my eye doctor had ever seen. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> he told me that. I was like, okay, thanks. Oh, do I get an award? Do I get a... He's like, yeah, it's right here. Can't you see it? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Ah. Okay. So she couldn't see anything. Um, but she could see out of a little slit. But only close things. So she says that laying there, she wasn't afraid, but she found boundless feelings of feelings of abandonment. Well, yeah, because you fell out of a plane and nobody's around. I know. It's so sad, It wasn't your though. fault, though. 
It wasn't anybody. Well, it was the pilot's, it was the pilot's fault. He did. Uh, so after Elaine, in a very valid pit of despair, mm-hmm. <laughs> for a while, she starts to listen to the birds and the sound of the rain and the other probably very scary sounds of the jungle. And mm-hmm. she's like, I know this forest. Like, I lived here. Yeah. I've lived in this forest. I, can I know where it. to go. She doesn't know where to go. By, by sound and feel. <laughs> she does, can't see. She does not. <laughs> but she knows how to, like, live in the mm-hmm. jungle, stay alive in the jungle. So she gets up. She finds a little bag of candy. Ooh. The only sustenance that she can find. And she just basically soldiers out into the unknown like a 17-year-old boss. She's a boss. Uh, what do we have in the Peruvian jungle? Jaguars. Uh, first and foremost, there's capybaras. <gasps> Stop it. <laughs> Which we love. I love the capybara. They're so sassy. Oh, I know. They're so cute. There's Amazon River dolphins. Ooh. There's sloths and there's toucans. <gasps> love a toucan. But there's also a jaguar. Ooh, a jaguar. There's anacondas. My anaconda don't want none though. She got buns, honey. And she got buns. And candy. <laughs> there are caiman. Those are gators. Yep, they're like little, allig- or not little alligators. They're like South American alligators. Mm-hmm. There's piranhas. Oh, I'm a piranha. I'm a piranha. There's very scary monkeys. There's giant centipedes. Very scary There's monkeys. There's giant spiders. Uh, nope. There are giant stingless bees. Stingless? Stingless bees, but they would just clump to her face and do nothing except for just annoy her. I mean, if, if there were to be a bee around me, I would want it to be a stingless bee, and he could just yeah. hang out. But on your f- clumps, on I mean, your face? Hang out on my shoulder. No. Like a little that's bird. That's not what was happening. And ever-present swarms of mosquitoes. Ooh. And riverbed stingrays that when you stepped on them, they would instinctively lash out with their poisonous barbed tails. I mean, that's what kills Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. <laughs> Rest in peace, Cardinal Hunter. <laughs> Always. <laughs> it's a jungle, though, so there's probably, like, bananas and avocados and dragon fruit. And I know they probably. have cocoa plants, because I accidentally did coke with my family once. <laughs> no, but we did eat coca leaves. <laughs> but no, she doesn't have those things. It was the middle of the wet season, so there's no ripe fruit within reach. And there's nothing dry at all. Like, she can't make a fire. There's not any dry anything. Mm-hmm. It's rainy season. Yeah. It's also Christmas Day, which means it's the middle of the summer. So it's mm-hmm. the most humid place on the planet. What's Hot, the most humid? humid the rainforest. No, I'm saying it is. I oh. didn't ask. <laughs> I thought you asked. I'm like, it's the rainforest because you're, you're talking about it. No, it probably is. <laughs> this is a trick question. The worst place to be. But. At least she wasn't short on fresh water, which is more important. That's than that's really important. Typically, um, so she remember her remembers her parents telling her that if you ever get lost in the jungle, fo- and this is important for all everyone who's Pay lost attention. in the jungle, take note. Follow any flowing water, mm. because the flowing water eventually leads to a stream and then to a river, and that's where people settle because mm. everyone needs fresh water. Mm-hmm. So that's where you'll find help. So she does this. She finds a stream and she begins to follow it. On her fourth day walking, she sees bodies of people still in their seats. Uh, and she notices that one is a woman. And she's like, what if that's my mom? Mm. So she goes over and she's like, I, I, 
couldn't touch them. Mm-hmm. And so she gets a stick in it. And pokes. Like, yeah, because they were like, oh. you know, deep in there. Yeah. And so she kind of like turned them over. It wasn't her mom. Um, about the same time that she sees these dead people, she sees rescue planes flying overhead. Oh. Uh, she tries to flag them down, but nobody sees her. Like, the Amazon forest is so dense that no one could ever spot the plane wreckage, let wow. alone a little girl. Um, so after a while, she stopped seeing or hearing anyone looking for her, and she knew that they wouldn't continue. She was on her own. Mm-hmm. For 10 days, she followed the stream that became a river. She mostly swam or walked and sometimes just floated and let the river carry her. Let's remember, there's caiman and piranhas and snakes and mosquitoes. She's having a bad time. It's not fun. It's not the Jungle Book, people. No. She said the whole time um, that all she had to eat was that little bag of candy she found, but she said she wasn't really hungry, and she just, like, kept drinking a ton of water. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, like, I guess filled her stomach. I'm not sure. Uh, so she's walking and swimming and floating. And eventually she, she sees a little hut. Ooh. It didn't have walls and no one was there. But it was some sort of shelter like, proof that there's humans, first mm-hmm. of all. And shelter. Yeah. It's been raining constantly. <laughs> I'll stand under this. Yeah. So she decides to sleep in the little hut. Um, and when she wakes up, she hears voices of three Peruvian men who mm. lived in the hut. <gasps> Peppa! They found her. They found her. She said, quote, the first man I saw seemed like an angel. Aw. Uh, and they were drug dealers. They were drug dealers. No, <laughs> I wrote angle. No, I didn't. I wrote angel. Okay. But uh, the men did not think she was an angel. They were horrified. Oh. Uh, she still had bloodshot eyes. And honestly, they had probably never seen a white person before. They're probably. in the middle of the Amazon jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they thought that she was a river spirit. Uh-oh. That never ends well. Well, I mean, they're not going to be mean to a river spirit. I hope not. Spirit. You don't want to make the Amazon wrong. That's the biggest river around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could flood. It could flood. Say goodbye to your hut. Uh, so they let her spend another night there in the hut before they brought her to a nearby village where there were missionaries that took her to the hospital. So after 11 days alone in the Amazon Amazon, Amazon. Amazon. Amazon jungle, she was saved. Yay! By Jeffrey Bezos. By Jeff- <laughs> exactly. Uh, after recovering from her injuries, she assisted search parties in locating the crash site and recovering the bodies of other victims. Um, her mother's body was discovered on January 12, 1972. Uh, I also read somewhere that they did find another group of people who had survived initially, oh. but they didn't have the same knowledge about the forest as Julianne, and mm-hmm. they stayed in one place and they died as a result. Mm. So afterwards, Julian moved to Germany. She earned her PhD in biology and became a zoologist, just like her dad. So smart. In 1981, she spent 18 months in residence at the station at like where her parents had lived, mm-hmm. um, researching her graduate thesis on butterflies and her doctoral dissertation on bats. Ooh. 19 years later, her father died, so she took over as director of. Penguana, mm-hmm. the primary organizer of the international expeditions to the refuge. Um, and she said, on my lonely 11-day hike back to civilization, I made myself a promise. I vowed that if I stayed alive, I would devote my life to a meaningful cause that served nature and humanity. In 1989, she married Eric Diller, mm-hmm. who is an 
entomologist okay. and an authority on parasitic wasps. Wasps? Which I wasn't sh- sure that was something I had to be afraid of, but now I know. Add it to the list. <laughs> um, despite her probable fear of flying, she goes back to the jungle often to the remote conservation um, established by her parents. And, and she said that the jungle caught me and saved me. It was not its fault that I landed there. It was the pilots. It was the pilots. <laughs> the jungle saved her. Yeah. Caught her like a little baby. Um, <laughs> the uh, property, ex- the, her parents' property that she now has uh, expanded from 445 acres to 4,000. To date, the conservation has provided 315 published papers on a bunch of things I can't even name. Um, under her stewardship, Penguana has increased its outreach to neighboring indigenous communities by providing jobs, bankrolling a new schoolhouse, and raising awareness about short and long-term effects of human activity on the rainforest, biodiversity, and climate change. Fifty years after her traumatic journey through the jungle, she's pleased to look back on her life and know that it's achieved purpose and meaning. Meaning, quote, just to have helped... People and to have done something for nature means it was good that I was allowed to survive, and for that I'm so grateful. However, she also says, the thought, why was I the only survivor, haunts me, and mm. it always will. Mm. So that mm. is the story of Julianne Koki. Woo! Kiyoki. Nice. Good job. Thanks. That's very interesting. <laughs> I stayed the whole time. She did it. I know. You were on your phone, though. Brian was texting me. <laughs> and then my dad was texting me. It was a thing. And I had to look something up for my story. Okay. Specifically. I'll tell you. Tell me. So, you know what I'm talking about because it is one of my random Can you things give me a clue? that I'm fascinated with. Okay. I texted you that oh I was gosh. watching this documentary and you said, stop watching it. What are you doing? I can't remember. I'm talking about Mount Everest. <laughs> oh no, dead bodies on Mount Everest. Dead bodies on Mount Everest. Oh yes, I do remember that. I didn't answer you when you texted me then, you liar. Then? <laughs> I feel like you said you didn't. No. I didn't answer. No, I know you, t- I know you texted me okay, then. Okay, great. We had a whole conversation about uh, how I am oddly obsessed with Mount Everest. Yeah, I do remember that. And I watch every single documentary that there is that on Mount Everest. That people die all the time. And I figured out why. Like, when I was researching this, I figured out why I love Mount Everest so much. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And when I was, like, <gasps> eight, nine, maybe ten, I don't remember, <laughs> some in that range, okay. we went to go see Everest in IMAX, which was oh, a documentary sure. about Mount Everest. Yeah. And at the I Science thought Center? it was so cool. At the Science Center. Uh-huh. That's where it came from. Okay. And ever since then, big fan man. Okay. <laughs> Mostly the dead people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't talk just about the dead okay, people. Okay, tell this me. This is about Mount Everest. Tell me everything. So Mount Everest is the Earth's highest mountain above sea level. How high is it? Thank you for asking, Clara. <laughs> How high? It is 29,031 feet. Two nine zero thirty one, which is five point two miles, Whew. which is a little bit bigger than the Las Vegas Strip. 
Ooh, straight up. It's high. Las Vegas Strip is 4.2 miles, which is what I was looking up on my phone while you were doing your thing. So that's what I was doing. Thank okay, you very not much. listening, though. So, <laughs> I was listening. Go on. Anyway. Um, so, it attracts a lot of climbers because it's the highest summit. And yeah. it's part of the, I think it's like the eight peaks, eight or seven peaks or something, where there's like... K2 is next, and then I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of different ones that are like really tall. Denali's up there, too. Denali's tall. Denali's a tall one. Um, so there are two main, like, climbing routes. Okay. There is the southeast climbing route, which okay. comes out of Nepal. Mm-hmm. And then there's the north climbing route. The north face, would you call it? Like the jacket? Dare I say yes. <laughs> um, the north climbing route out of Tibet. Okay. So usually people take the southeast ridge. From Nepal. From Nepal, because mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier. Yeah, not comparatively, gonna, not. I mean, it's, climbing the highest it's mountain, Everest. I can say I've been there. I'll take the easy route, please. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to mostly talk about the Southeast Ridge. Okay. Um, not mostly about the North Ridge because for a while we couldn't actually access um, the north side of the mountain because of uh, Tibet being owned by China. Uh, and okay. China wouldn't let anybody so in. So we as Americans. We as anybody. anybody. It was very hard to get to the north side of the mountain. Um, so they usually climb the south. So the south is the most climbed. Okay. So that's what I'm talking about is south. There's north. I'm not talking about it. Don't care. Nobody cares. So um, so this, the ascent via the southeast ridge begins with the trek to base camp. Yep. Heard base of it. camp is 17,000 feet. That's how long the trek is. Do you know how high Mount Rainier is? No. You can Google it. I'll be on my phone. I'll talk. You you be on your phone. Um, And it usually takes six to eight days because you need to allow for proper altitude acclimatization Uh to prevent altitude sickness. I'm done without. Thank you. I can't even say it. 14,400 feet is... Mount Rainier. So, so, taller than Mount Rainier to get to base to camp. To base camp. That's horrifying. Just to get to base camp. Yeah. Um, so, climbers spend a couple weeks in base camp. Again, they're acclimatizing to the altitude. They're get, they're hanging out with people. Yeah. It's a big deal. There's a bunch of yellow tents. Ooh, fun. Flags. It's great. It's in thin air. It's, it's fun. Um, it's fun. So, during that time that they're kind of acclimatizing to what's going on, yeah. um, Sherpas, which are yeah. um, usually Nepalese men mm-hmm. that kind of carry things mm-hmm. um will set up ropes and ladders in what's called the kumbu ice fall which is sounds dangerous it's very dangerous <laughs> um so basically there's a whole bunch of crevasses and shifting blocks of ice in mm-hmm. the um kumbu ice fall and it's one of the most dangerous sections of knew the it. route I knew it so many climbers and Sherpas have been, have been killed in this section. Uh-huh. Um, and to reduce the hazard, climbers usually begin their ascent before dawn while the freezing temperatures uh, glue the ice into place. Okay. So it's not partially melting. Like the sun's not on it. Yeah. So above the ice fall is Camp 1. Okay. And Camp 1 is at um, 19,000 feet. <laughs> so from Camp 1, they make their way up um, to... Camp two, yeah, or what's called advanced base camp, which is at twenty one thousand feet. Okay, you're very interested. I know. I know I am. Um, 
so from the advanced base camp, they go up what's called the Lotsey Face on fixed ropes Ooh. Um, up to Camp 3. And Camp 3 is located on a really small ledge at 24,000 feet. And from there, it's another like 500 meters or about 1,500 feet um, to Camp 4. Okay. So they're doing, they're kind of going, stopping. Slower and slower. Or smaller and smaller. Smaller and smaller chunks. Between. Because the air is thin. Yeah. Um, so from Camp 3 to Camp 4, there are two additional challenges mm. within there. Mm. You mean you had the Kumbu Icefall. Mm. Now you're into what's called the Geneva Spur and the Yellow Band. Not so, interested in doing this at all. I know. <laughs> it sounds like the worst possible thing. I do not want to climb Mount Everest, uh, but I will watch a documentary okay, on great. it any day. Um, so f- basically, again, you're doing with fixed ropes. Okay. And they even sometimes in some sections, they have ladders. Uh-huh. Like yeah, I've seen that. Metal before. ladders yeah. as you're like crossing over. Yeah. Piece. Like crevasses. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's, what are they affixed to these ropes? Just into the ice. I don't like that. Who affixes them? The Sherpas. Beforehand, they scramble up there? As they're going up, they'll like get it in to go. Because the Sherpas are usually, or the guide, because usually you have a guide. Mm -hmm. Um, The guide goes first Mm -hmm. to kind of get everything settled. And they've usually climbed Everest a few times, so they kind of know where everything is. Well, they're built very differently. Mm -hmm. And same with people that live in the the Andes Mountains. Mm -hmm. They're... Like short, mm-hmm. and they're they look large, but their lungs mm-hmm. like make their they just have this barrel chest yeah. because their lungs are huge because they have no they're just used to living with no oxygen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, going up that high is obviously difficult for them too, but it's not like us. Going yeah, so they can scramble up there and, and call it good. Um, so. On what's called the South Coal, climbers enter what is called the death zone. Good. It just keeps getting better. Good. Go up the mountain. Oh, my gosh. Can I go to the death zone, To the death zone. I'd love to. So climbers that are. It's cold and full of death. Done. Uh, I'm there. (laughs) Um, So Hard to get to. Climbers that usually make or trying to go to the summit typically endure, can endure no more than two or three days at the altitude. Okay. That where the death zone is. Um, if the weather is not clear with low winds mm. during these few short days that you have to get to the summit, you have to go you all the way go. back. Oof. You got to go all the way back to base camp. <sighs> um, so from camp four, so camp four is like the final camp okay. before you get to the summit. So camp they, B4 <laughs> should be called. <laughs> before the summit. <laughs> um, so they usually make their summit push around midnight. Okay. With hopes of reaching the summit within it's, 10 to 12 hours. Sounds so miserable. And still like, so from camp four to the summit is about a thousand meters. That's not very So not a long way to go. You have to go so slow but you ha- Yeah, because there's not a lot of oxygen. Sometimes you're hiking with, um, usually you have supplemental oxygen. Yeah. As you're going up, but some people don't use yeah. supplemental oxygen. They want to do it purely or whatever. Weird. It's like the people that free climb El Cap. It's just nightmare stuff. Yes. No, thank you. So climbers first reach what's called the balcony, which is a small platform where Ooh. they can rest and gaze at the peaks to the south and the <gasps> east in the so early dawn. Though. Like the sun's just coming up. <gasps> can and you you're imagine? Like basically taller than anything. Just looking. Literally in the world. Yeah. Um, continuing up the ridge, climbers are faced with a series of imposing rock steps, which usually forces them in, in 
them to the east into waist-deep snow. Nope. Um, nope. I don't want to do this, Alex. Please don't make me. I won't make I'm you. I'm going to have nightmares. Just watch a documentary with me about <laughs> it. It'll be great. I'm just cold. So at 28,000 feet, a small table-sized dome of ice and snow marks the south summit. How how does all this just stay there? It's cold. But it snows. But it's, it just hangs just there. Okay. So from the south summit, climbers follow the knife edge southeast ridge along what is known as the Cornice Traverse, where the snow clings to rocks. And this is the most exposed section of the climb. Hmm. Um, and a misstep to the left will send you down 7,900 feet. That's too many. Um, while to the immediate right mm. is about 10,000 feet. <laughs> I don't like this. So one foot in front of the other. Um, at the end of this traverse um, is a rock wall, which is known as the Hillary Step. Um, <laughs> Who's she? Oh, probably he. He. Um, <laughs> at 28,840 8, feet. <sighs> So usually climbers ascend, ascend this step using fixed ropes previously set up by Sherpas. And once above this step, it's comparatively an easy climb <laughs> to the top. And then you Fine. have to go back down. And you got to go back down. <laughs> um, but the exposure on the ridge is extreme. Um, yeah. And because people are increasingly wanting to climb Everest, like it is becoming a thing. There is a bottleneck of people trying to get to the summit. No. So I have seen pictures of like Mm-mm. people honestly like waiting in a huge line Mm-mm. just to get up to the summit. Make it, you have to make a reservation to do so that. So you have to buy, they only give out so many passes. Yeah. And then, but there is such a small window of time oh. where you can do it, where you can actually when the weather successfully, is be good. Yeah, where you can successfully climb Everest. So. If they give out like 450 they're all doing it passes, they're all doing it kind of in the same window. Huh. So. Um, so climbers, again, for, are forced, forced to wait significant amounts of time for their turn on the ropes, leading to problems getting climbers efficiently up and down the mountain. Um, after the Hillary step, climbers also have to traverse loose and, a loose and rocky section that is a large entanglement of fixed ropes that can be troublesome in bad, in bad weather. Mm-hmm. Um, Climbers spend less than half an hour at the summit to allow time to descend to Camp 4 before darkness sets in. And to avoid serious problems with afternoon weather or because their supplemental oxygen tanks are getting low. Mm -hmm. So you do all this work days and days and days and days and days for 30 minutes at the summit. And lifelong bragging. And lifelong bagging rights that you made it to the top of this. (laughs) Whoopity-doo. Picture so, it's not real. Do cameras even work that high? I've seen pictures of people trying to mount Everest. So, because it's the highest mountain in the world, again, people are really they want to climb it. I don't. Um, I we're really not don't. sure if the mountain was climbed in ancient times mm. because there's no record of it ever being climbed. But the first time that it may have been climbed was in 1924. Um, although this has never actually been confirmed and hmm. neither of the men who are making the attempt ever returned. Well. <laughs> so we have no idea what happened. I have a guess. <laughs> they died. <laughs> the frills. So in going back, actually, we're just going to, we're just going to be straight in 1924. Great. So 
1924, there was an attempt by a guy named George Mallory and Jeffrey Bruce. Okay. Um, so they were climbing, 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 and it actually was <laughs> the first time was aborted due to weather conditions mm. that prevented the establishment of Camp 4. Okay. Um, the next attempt was of two other people um, who climbed without oxygen and in perfect weather. Um, so he actually didn't make it to hmm. the summit. He made it close, but he didn't make it. Um, and then the next day, Mallory decided he was going to go again. And he chose a young mountaineer named Andrew Irvine as his partner hmm. to climb up the mountain. So on June 8th, 1924, George Mallory and Andrew Irvine made an attempt on the summit via the north. So I know I talked all about south. Yeah. But they're doing it from the north. Okay. Um, from which they never returned. Yeah, they died. And their bodies were not found. No. Until <gasps> 1999. Ooh. So in 1999, a new search expedition was mounted. Um, and... One of the guys who started the search had seen some really old oxygen bottles, like hmm. up near uh-huh. a certain area. Yeah. And he goes, I, maybe they might Seems be there. Seems like someone used to be here. Um, during his first climb in 1991. So he saw him in 91. He goes, oh, I'm He's done it more than once. Mm-hmm. Monster. One of those people. He's like, I'm going to put a pin in that and I'll be back. Um, <laughs> I'll come back in I'll eight come back years. for you in eight years. <laughs> um, so... So their location also suggests that they climbed at least as high as below the first step. So they got okay. up pretty far. Yeah. Um, or did they make it to the top and, and on the way down? That's true. We don't know. We won't. So the most. So they found the oxygen bottles. They found they found it belonged to George Mallory because it had his name on it and everything. Yeah. And they're oh, like, oh my god, it's George that's Mallory's a good idea. But the most remarkable finding was. George Mallory himself. They found him. Perfectly preserved. Perfectly preserved. <gasps> Follow him out. Um, Maybe he'll come back to life. So at 26,000 feet is where they found him. Okay. That's very high. Very high. So the lack of extreme injuries indicated he had not mm. tumbled very far. Um, and his waist showed severe rope jerk modeling. Uh-oh. So showing that him and Andrew had been roped together when fell. they fell. Um, Mallory's injuries were such that a walking descent was impossible. Um, his right foot was nearly oh, broken no. off, and there Oof. was a golf ball-sized puncture wound in his forehead. Well, and his, <laughs> that'll do it. That'll do it. And then his unbroken leg was on top of the broken one as if to protect it. Like, he was trying to protect uh, his leg. With a bastion head? How did he survive the golf ball in his head? Yeah, I don't know. He got ice on it immediately. (laughs) Iced it immediately. Stuck his face in it. And I've seen, um, so they have a picture. Oh, no. Of, it's not disgusting. It's it's not gross. It's not like bloody. No. The skin is white. Hmm. And it's just, you see like his um, climbing gear, or basically it was like a leisure suit. Um, (laughs) That was his first problem. Put on some warmer clothes. But yeah, it's just, you just see the body face down. And just <coughs> completely white huh. back, completely like well preserved I mean, body because it's so cold. They put him in freezers at the morgue for a reason. So in uh, 1953, um, so they returned to 
um, a group returned to Everest led by a guy named John Hunt. Um, and the first, there was a whole group of them. And then the first pair came within a 330 feet of the summit. Oh, sad. But turned back because they ran into oxygen problems. I mean, choose life. Um, as planned, their work in route finding and breaking trail and their oxygen caches were of great aid to the following pair. So two days later, um, the expedition made its second attempt on the summit with a second climbing pair. Uh, Sir Edmund Hillary mm-hmm. and... Uh-oh, not looking good for Hillary. <laughs> Tenzig Norgay, who was yeah, a Nepali Sherpa climber. Okay. They successfully reached the summit at 11.30 local time on May 29th, 1953. And this was the first noted successful summit of Mount Everest. Good job, Hills and the other And guys. they survived. Oh, they lived. it looks They were able to make it back. Hillary and Nefertiti. It's great geez. for Hillary. So if you can't tell right now, I'm going into disasters on Mount Everest. <laughs> what? Disasters. So on May... Uh, 10th and 11th this is actually one of the worst disasters on mount everest um eight climbers died after after several guided expeditions were caught in a blizzard high up on the mountain during a summit attempt um 15 during the 1996 season 15 people died while climbing on everest and this was the highest death toll for a single season Hmm. um so this specific disaster um, in 1996 was caused by a combination of events, including the sudden arrival of a severe storm that caught the mountaineers by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, weather, rude. <laughs> um, the base that was the big one is like their weather came yeah. that they were not expecting. Yeah. Um, so although several books mentioned it, um, this guy named Graham Ratcliffe disproved this by discovering both teams had access to weather forecasts indicating winds rising and a storm was going to hit on the 11th of May. What year was this? Sorry. 1996. 96. So we had 96. we had some weather uh, technology. We had weather point. weather technology. <laughs> okay. Um, so the uh, so again bottlenecks at the balcony and the Hillary step hmm. caused an hour and a half delay in summiting. Uh-oh, not so good when there's a storm. These delays were in themselves caused by delays in securing fixed ropes and the sheer number of people of arriving at the same time. Mm-hmm. Bad news bears. <laughs> um, so the team leaders, there were two team leaders, and I think it's the, I can't remember what they're called. They're two separate, like, American teams. Okay. Um, so... The team leaders made a decision to exceed the normal turnaround time of 2 o'clock after, with many of them summiting at 2.30. Don't do that. So, uh, several climbers ran out of oxygen and guides having to carry bottles up to stranded climbers as the storm approached. So, Mm. have you heard of the book called Into Thin Air? Mm -mm. So, it is a book written by John Krakauer who was on the 1996 It sounds too scary. Um, so he suggested that the use of bottled oxygen and commercial guides who personally accompanied and took care of all the path-making equipment and important decisions allowed otherwise unqualified climbers to attempt to summit, therefore leading to a dangerous situation and more deaths. Because mm-hmm. they were basically saying, hey, you want to climb Everest? Come here. And John Krakauer. <laughs> Anybody can do it. John Krakauer is a journalist. 
Not a mountaineer. Who's like climbed a few mountains, but he's not. No. Um, In addition, he wrote that there was a competition between the two guiding companies um, that led to a decision that led to someone's decision not to turn back at two to be like, no, we're going to make it to the summit. Um, And John Krakauer also said that his own presence as a journalist um, for Outside Magazine. Yeah may have added to the pressure. Oh, uh, yeah. So there's that. a really good movie. I think it's called Everest. Yeah. That talks about the 1996 okay. um, disaster. Hmm. It's very good. Highly recommend. Um, so 1996 was the deadliest year until there were two years where there were severe avalanches that killed a lot hmm. of people. One in 2014 and one in 2015. Wow. Uh, so in total, there have been 319 deaths on Mount Everest, mm-hmm. with 111 of them being Nepalese Sherpas. Oh no, that sucks. And 15 of them have been Americans. Ugh. So now I'm going to talk about <laughs> the bodies of dead climbers serving as guideposts. <laughs> okay, we might as well. So. <laughs> We're back in the death zone. Oh, good. So the death zone. Um, turn ox- right at the, fr- <laughs> the first dead guy. Turn right at the first dead guy, which is actually Why is it snow covering them, though? I'm confused. It doesn't snow that high? I guess not. Um, the oxygen levels at the death zone are only a third of what they are at sea level. So the barometric pressure causes weight to feel 10 times heavier, mm. and the combination oh. of the two makes climbers feel sluggish, disoriented, and fatigued. And it can lead to, lead to extreme distress on the organs. Which, why in the world are you doing this? This sounds awful. But You're ten times heavier and so you can't breathe. Sounds like me after Thanksgiving. It sounds awful. <laughs> why are people doing that? I don't know. But I will continue to watch documentaries on it. So, the standard protocol on the mountain is to leave the dead where they lie. Because it is too dangerous. Yeah, you can't. You can barely you. get yourself down. Exactly. You got to take care of you and get yourself Put them on in. a sled, spray some Pam on the bottom. Exactly. It's ten times slippier than every other. Or that in a Christmas vacation. <laughs> that's what I was talking about. <laughs> um, so because they're like, that's the protocol is to leave the dead where they lie. Yeah. There are and serving. put a flag in their hand. <laughs> Turn right. Turn right here. <laughs> just an arrow. Um, a sign that just says, ouch. <laughs> I'm oh, funny. No. Um, so it also it serves as a warning as well as like mile markers. I hate that. So there are a few that are the most well known on the mountain. One of them is called Green Boots. No, give him a name. Because he has green boots on. Is this a Sherpa? Do we know? No, he's a climber. He's in. He's an American. Actually, we don't Sherpas know who climbers he is. As well. Climbers as well. Okay. He has never been identified. Okay, that's never fine. been positively identified. Um, so the term um, green boots essentially was because he was wearing green mountaineering boots. Men are clever. Men are so clever. I know. Um, so all expeditions from the north side encountered this body, and it was curled in a limestone alcove cave. Um, just like under. So there's a ton of pictures of green boots. If you look up, just no, type in green boots. Good. You see him. He's, he looks like he's sleeping, but you don't see his face. Um, but the body was moved in 2014 to mm-hmm. a more discreet location. So you know how like 
in at least Game of Thrones, mm. probably old timey times too, people would like put a head on their on a stake mm-hmm. outside the village and be like, "Don't mm-hmm. mess with us." Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the mountains head on a stake. It is. It <laughs> like, absolutely don't go is. any further. It absolutely. Why are is. people using it as a landmark? I don't know. So. Not a lot, again, not a lot is known about who Green Boots is, what his deal is, but he's the most well-known mile marker on I hate the route. It. Also, they moved into a more discreet, discreet location, location, not that they buried him. No, just to more a more discreet location. Okay. Uh, so the first recorded footage, video footage uh-huh. of Green Boots um, was filmed by a British filmmaker in 1996. Okay. So during that really dangerous time, yeah. someone first got the first glimpse of Green Boots. Got him. Like the first video of Green Boots. He died last year. So now I'm going to talk about this guy named David Sharp. This is actually a pretty sad story. No, of course. I mean, um, none of this is None of them are happy. happy, but here we go. So this was David's third time trying to summit Mount Everest. So in 2006, he returned to Everest, and he was doing a solo climb. No. Okay. I don't feel bad for this guy. <laughs> and it was arranged. Um, he arranged it through a company called Asian Trekking. Um, and he was climbing with a bare bones basic service package that does not offer support after a certain altitude is reached on the mountain or a Sherpa to climb with as a partner. Hmm, That's available like for an extra fee. Bad idea. So David was doing this on the cheap, trying to do Everest on the cheap. He couldn't make it the first two times. I'll do it myself. And I'll do it on the cheap. <laughs> so we're not, sh- they're not sure if he was able to reach the summit or he turned back near the summit. Um, but in the end, he was forced under an overhang. No. And it collapsed. Because he got disoriented and tired and it was too late. Um, next to Green Boots. See? And Green Boots was already there. Green Boots was already He's there. He's like, Green Boots, we're homies now. So there he was overcome by the elements and without any remaining supplement or o- supplemental oxygen, um, he died. Was Green Boots a direction for him? Like, was Probably. he a mile marker? Well, this was would, in 2006, so, so he yeah. knew about Green Boots. It would be really funny if he sat down next to Green Boots What's and just green pointed boots? the other way and just froze that way. That way. <laughs> Um, nope. So his predicament was not immediately known for several reasons. Because he was by himself. He was n- not climbing with anybody. Yeah. So nobody really knew he was missing. Um, he didn't tell anyone beforehand he was going to summit or what day he was going to summit. Um, he didn't have a radio or satellite phone to let people know he was in trouble. Yeah. Um, but also his death caused controversy hmm. because he was passed by a number of other climbers heading up to the summit. Alive or dead? As he was dying. What the heck? Ew. And it says, although number a number of other people tried to help him, it's been suggested that those who noticed him mistook him for green boots. After they already passed green boots? He was in the same spot as green boots. He was in the same alcove as Green Boots. But so there's two people. There was two people. So they thought Green Boots was plural mm-hmm. for four boots. Because boots. Because boots is plural. Mm-hmm. But his and boots he was, were not green, or were they green? Well, he how he was sitting was he was like had his head over his 
legs and was like holding his legs in like a ball. How do they know he was alive? Because they could see him breathing. Then he they didn't, wasn't they the did, dead man. They didn't know he was alive. Like some people walked by and didn't look too closely huh. to see if he was breathing or not. They just looked and said, oh yeah, green boots. There's a guy with green boots and there's another guy. This is where we turn left. Must be two people. Turn right at green boots. Green boots. So um, his body was also hidden in 2007. So he okay. was moved to a more discreet location. Now everybody gets lost. So it's the whole thing. <laughs> going back to 1998, um, her name's Frances. Uh, she came to the became the first woman from the United States to reach the summit of Mount Everest without the aid of bottled oxygen. Oh, girl. Don't be a hero. She is trying to be a hero. So, Frances and Sergey um, were husband and wife, and they arrived at base camp in May. And they tried twice to reach the summit. Didn't happen. Um, as they began their final ascent um, in 1998, um, they were like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to get up there. Um, so due to the absence of oxygen supplementation at a high altitude, the two moved slowly and summited dangerously late in the day. As a result, they were forced to spend yet another night above 26,000 feet. You don't, you know, you can't. So during the course of the evening, the two actually became separated. How? Um, How? They just became separated. Uh, so Sergey made his way to camp the following morning only to find that his wife wasn't there realizing she had she had to be somewhere dangerously high up on the mountain he set off to find her and carrying oxygen and medicine um so details of what happened are next they're not really sure yeah um but the most plausible account was that on the morning of may 23rd francis was encountered by a team from uzbekistan oh um that was climbing the first the final few hundred meters to the summit she appeared to be half conscious affected by oxygen deprivation and frostbite as she was unable to move on her own they attended to her with oxygen and carried her down as far as they could until depleted of their own oxygen they became too fatigued to continue the effort when they left francis was still alive they just left her there bring her with you they couldn't oh this is such a terrible place um so as the Uzbek climbers made their way down to camp that even they saw Sergei on his way up. <sighs> so on the morning of May 24th, um, the Uz- Uzbeks and some other people um, went up to try again. To try to get him, uh, she was found where she had been left the night oh. before. Um, Sergei's ice axe and rope were identified nearby, but he was nowhere to be found. Hmm. Um, so two of the people that were a South African, two South Africans, um, or no, a Briton and a South African, um, called off their own summiting attempts and tried to help her for more than an hour. She was dead. Um, they were forced to abandon her again and to send to camp. Wait, was she um, still alive? She was dying as they found her. Oh, gosh. Lying on her side, um, still clipped onto the guide rope, um, her corpse had the nickname Sleeping Beauty because she looked like she was just asleep. So. So turn right at her. Turn right at her. <laughs> so, again, her husband, they couldn't find him. They had mm-hmm. no idea where he went. Yeah. Um, until night. Until. So the mysterious disappearance of her husband was solved the following year when. Mm. 
uh, Jake Norton, who was a member of the 1999 Mallory and Irvine expedition, the people that found uh-huh. Mallory, um, discovered his body lower on the mountain face, apparently dead from a fall when he was trying to rescue oh, his wife. Darn. Um, on May 23, 2007, um, they were able to locate um, her body, like got to her body. Um, and after a brief ritual, dropped her to a lower location on their face, removing the body from view. Mm-hmm. So additional bodies are what's in called the Rainbow Valley, oh, which no. is an area below the summit strewn with corpses wearing brightly colored mountaineering apparel. Oh, my gosh. So another <laughs> named corpse. These are the, like, three, the four, like, named ones. Okay. Um, is, is Hannah Lore Schmatz. Schmitz. Schmitz. And this was in 1979. So she was on an expedition with her husband, um, and she died at 27,200 feet. So on the same expedition, um, there was an American named Ray who also died while descending on the summit. Uh, They were exhausted from the climb. They'd stopped, again, under a little overhang um, to, like, chill. Uh, Despite the Sherpas were like, no, no, we got to keep it moving. They were like, no, it's fine. Um, Ray died later that night, um, and then the Sherpa and Schmatz decided to continue their descent, and then at 27,200 feet, um, Hanalore sat down and said, water, water, to her Sherpa, and then died. Uh, for years, her remains could easily be seen by anyone attempting to summit Everest by the southern route. Her body was frozen in a sitting position, leaning against her backpack, with her eyes open and her hair blowing in the wind. She was about 100 meters above Camp 4. <clears throat> nope. Uh, nope. The wind eventually blew her remains over the edge. Oh, to the rainbow place. To the rainbow place. And that is Mount Everest and the dead <laughs> bodies on Mount Everest. That's also known as my random thing I'm very fascinated by. Horrifying. Right? Hate it. It's <laughs> been a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's just, I just, I just. It's a lot. It is a lot to take in. Also, it's hard to feel sorry for It really, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> You're going somewhere my humans aren't meant to be. No, we're not supposed to be that high off the ground. Especially if it's like your fourth attempt. Yeah. It's like maybe after the first, it's. The mountain's way of saying no, no. No, no. No, no. No, no. So that is Mount Everest and Good job. a bunch of people that have died on Mount Everest. Good But there job. are a lot of people that have successfully summited yeah. the mountain and lived to tell the tale. Um, Good bless. They're just not as interesting. <laughs> They'll tell you about it themselves. Care about them. One of them. <laughs> These people Tiffany. can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Day. December 6th. Whoop. 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 1849. Yep. Harriet Tubman escapes from slavery in Maryland for the second and final time. Queen. Queen. 1865, the 13th Amendment, speaking of, of the United States Constitution is ratified and abolishes slavery. Woohoo! Woohoo! Except for Oregon, apparently. Except for a couple states that just did it this year. <laughs> 1923, the first U.S. presidential address broadcast on radio by President Calvage, the coolest. Coolidge. The coolest. <laughs> 1947, Everglades National Park in Florida is dedicated by President Harry Truman. Mm. 
1964, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer first airs on TV. I love that show. It's so wholesome. And then 1973, Gerald Ford is sworn in as the first unelected vice president. He succeeds Spiro Agnew, which Mm. is a great name. Yeah. Who resigned over corruption allegations. Oh, yeah. That's all I have. Spiro. Um, I have... In 1941, the New York City Council agrees to build Idlewild Airport in Queens, New York, today known as JFK. JFK. I love um, an airport named after someone who died tragically. It's just the best. (laughs) It's just the best. Uh, so 1973, the uh, National League of Baseball yeah. um, votes to move the San Diego Padres to Washington, D.C. Oh, seems like that didn't Spoiler, happen. Spoiler, doesn't happen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, so in 2017, Starbucks opens its largest cafe in the world in Shanghai, which is about half the size of a football field. That's that a big old Starbucks. Big. Shanghai is crowded, though. It is. It is. They need space. <laughs> Long lines. <laughs> Hopefully, they have more than one counter. I hope so. Not just for the line. Just one. <laughs> just just one counter. <laughs> All right. Is that it? Yep. May the RIP. They may. I have one. It's I've an important two. one. I think I have the same one. Three forty-three A.D. Mm-hmm. Saint Nicholas. The don't tell. Don't Santa tell your Claus. kids. <laughs> We're due. Stop lying to your kids. Stop lying to your children. Uh, and I also have 1988, uh, Roy Orbison, who is oh. an American singer-songwriter who sang the song Pretty Woman. Pretty woman, rocking down, down the street, pretty woman. Yep. He died. R.I.P. May. May. <laughs> May. <laughs> I don't have very many birthdays, but I, I have, have... three. Four. I have more. Oh. <laughs> 1805. Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin. Mm. Love a name that rhymes. He's the French magi- magician, Ma- magician and father of modern magic. Ooh. Houdini, I Magique. Like. Is He's it Houdini? So bold to say. I don't know. I don't think it's... Because it's Harry Houdini. His last name's Houdin. Maybe it's his grandson or something. Maybe Houdini's last name isn't actually Houdini. Yeah, and Houdin. he was just like, Houdin, E. E. <laughs> Uh, in 1908, Babyface Nelson, mm-hmm. American bank robber and gangster, who kills more FBI agents than any other criminal. Don't know if that fact holds up over time, but he was in 19... probably 20. Probably. <laughs> uh, 1941, another terrible person, mm-hmm. Richard Speck, mm-hmm. who killed eight nursing students in 19... I have 66, is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then 1967, Judge Apatow. Ooh. Of all the good movies. All the good movies. He writes them. And, and he's married also, to Leslie Mann. Yes, he's married to Leslie Mann, who we love, who is in Charge of the Jungle. <gasps> love her. And who we you know love. who else we love? A Brendan Fraser. Fraser. <laughs> um, I have in 1900, oh. uh, Agnes Moorhead. She's an American actress, and she paid Endora in Bewitched. And Dora was the oh, mom. Okay. The witch mom. The witch's mom. The witch's mom. Which I loved um, Bewitched when I was young. Samantha. Samantha. That's it. That's, That's all we got. It. That's all she wrote. Good job. We did it. We did it. Another long one for your enjoyment. You You're said welcome. you liked them, so here you go. 
you're welcome. Uh, we'll see you. We won't see you next week. We'll we'll talk at you next week. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? If we do it on Thursday, we our friendship's still up in the air. <laughs> no, I love no, you. No, I know you do. And I love you, and I mean it. And you're not mediocre. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>